0: Section thirty seven of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Section thirty seven. Solidarity Among the Brutes. Part four. Simla Monkeys the years go by like clouds in nineteen o two doctor murphy was no longer a schoolboy running about Mussoorie, but a surgeon employed by similar municipality and familiar with the little monkeys there who lived on jacko hill they overran the town these little men and took every possible advantage of the toleration of the good hindus perhaps it is needful to mention that indians are so indulgent that European naturalists in India are continually surprised at the slight fear of men among wild birds and beasts. Thus it was that Hindu prejudice protected the monkeys at Simla, though nobody suffered more from them than the Hindus, but even they agreed with Dr. Murphy that something must be done when the little man from Jacko insisted on entering his house and removing the bread from the breakfast table. It would be a long story to tell the plans that failed. The plan that worked was beautiful in its simplicity. Two earthen pots were buried before the eyes of the monkeys, looking on. Only the thick and narrow rims were left above ground. What this was for, no monkey could comprehend, and the more of them that gathered, the more they seemed perplexed. A multitude of counselors may bring confusion instead of wisdom it was the easiest thing in the world for any of them to put in his hand and feel the emptiness of the pots but why were they buried there Mm, mm, none of them could tell when they were about to disperse and dismiss the matter as one of the many mysterious eccentricities of men dr murphy put grain into the pots in front of them this was a sudden illumination to the assembly To keep grain safe from monkeys is one of the continual problems of similar life. And this is his way of doing it, thought the monkeys to themselves. They did not delay to show him what they thought of his device and him. It was really too ridiculous. One of their leading men came straight to the pots and put a hand into one of them, keeping his eyes on Dr. Murphy. It was as easy as ever to put a hand in. But, when his clenched fist was full of grain he could not take it out. After one or two ineffectual attempts to withdraw his hand, he put the other hand into the other pot, which had been placed convenient for that very purpose. Perhaps, when he put in the second hand, his object was to find out what was holding the first, but when it also touched the grain, the force of habit made him grab with it also a beautifully human trait of character, and there he stood with both his hands in chancery, meaning by chancery a place that does not readily let anything out that once comes in. There he remained standing. It never came into his head to open his hands and withdraw them empty. He was an emblem of many an Anglo-Indian who has heard the east a call and seeking a soft job, has wandered where his tribe cannot thrive, but is detained by what he has in hand and cannot find the heart to forego. The monkey stood there, with both hands full, quite wealthy for a monkey, but a helpless prisoner. If there had been pots enough, his kinsmen would all have come and done likewise. But there were only two, and he had monopolized them, and now he had to endure the multitudinous advice of the empty-handed monkeys and their criticism, and that was not all he had to endure. Dr. Murphy took a whip and proceeded to chastise him, not very severely, but sufficiently to keep him from thinking clearly in the abstract. Then the hubbub thickened round the doctor. The tribe that dwelt on Jacko gathered clamorous, quick from the hill and almost every tree. Wherever tribesmen were who heard the news, they hastened to the great indignation meeting, all seeming to talk at once, and making hideous grimaces, at which, to their surprise, Dr. Murphy laughed aloud they did not understand his noises and grimaces but what they could not fail to see was his indifference whack 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 he continued the flogging amidst a chorus of disapproval quite equal to that of the united press association the prisoner broke away the pots had not been very strong and in his struggles he had broken off the rims with an earthenware bracelet on each wrist and both hands full of grain he reached the nearest tree and there he opened his hands and dropped the grain all that a man hath he will give for his life but in this instance the general opinion of observers was that the grain was dropped by inadvertence as the monkey opened his hands in haste to climb forgetting what he held by a similarly inadvertent knock against the tree he broke one of his bracelets as he went up well for him if he had broken both He joined the crowd that had come to help him with still a bracelet of a pot's rim on one of his wrists. This caused an immediate revulsion of feelings. His friends became his persecutors. They crowded round him, pushing and pulling him, smacking and scratching him, and biting him till the blood came. In a few minutes that leading monkey would have been dead, and perhaps they would have been carrying his corpse to the hill, as some people said they used to do, but suddenly... As the persecuted one was floundering about the fatal pots were in broke and fell in pieces to the ground. Behold, he was now as the other monkeys were, different from the rest, no more, but sore afflicted and in agony. They succored him now like a prodigal returned, and held him gently away, leaving the kind doctor sad to see how far beyond his intentions the poor fellow had been punished. The doctor declared he would never set that trap again but how very human it was to translate the fine verse of Berenger's song, Le Fou. As we tell the line, we duffers, if any one quits the crowd, whatever he does or suffers, we all of us yell aloud. The crowd runs to kick him, or slays him, and afterwards sees it was blind. Then we set up his statue and praise him as a credit to all mankind. End of section 37 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.